Welcome to the Speakeasy Noir Cast, a podcast discussing film noirs of yesterday and neo noirs of today. Each week, we're going to deliver a discussion of our analysis of classic noir films, and occasionally we'll interview up and coming directors and writers of new neo noir films, all mixed in with our unintelligible banter. Your hosts for the show, Jason D. Morris and Carly Street. And Carly Street is back hello. again. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. What's the most British thing you could possibly say? I want to hear it. Lay it on me. Bollocks. Bo- really? No. Yeah. It's got to. It's got to be something. <laughs> got to be something that that Americans probably haven't heard of before. Like the most That's British. That's everything I say to you. <laughs> everything I say to you, you have never heard. That's that's true. <laughs> Get us a pint. Let's have a bevy. <laughs> a bevy. But I understand those ones. Like I know uh, what a pint is. I know what... Okay. okay. <laughs> Dig deep into the, the coffers of Britishism <laughs> and and pull something out that I wouldn't I wouldn't like like last what two weeks ago it was it was pepperoni. 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 Yeah. <laughs> pepperoni. I have some sausage made out of dogs. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not pepperoni it is pepperoni pepperoni okay like i've never heard of that give me something like that like dig deep and like pull something out that's strictly british that i would not have ever heard of um oh i oh i don't know hold on let me just go through my conversations of the past 24 hours and think of something british (laughs) (laughs) to you it's like everything's english to me it's like what That's because everything that I say, people understand me here. Right? I know. I get it. I totally get it. I want to understand too. So I, every, I think every week you need to give me a new word that I can look up and learn. <laughs> like British isms or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's have a look. Let's have a think. <clears throat> well, you know bloody, don't you know bloody hell? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like the same thing as like saying fuck or something here, right? Yeah. Like chav. You know, we've been through chav. What's chaff? Chav. 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 What does that mean? Yeah. Chav. Chav. Like, Am I saying it? Chav. This is, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, like a, that's like a really annoying teenager that dresses in a tracksuit that thinks that they're a gangster. What the not. hell is with you guys in the tracksuits? <laughs> and they, they have like their tracksuits tucked into Winnie the Pooh socks because they're hard. <laughs> That's how they intimidate people outside off licenses. Right. That's Go get uh, some fucks because they've got the Winnie the Pooh socks on. <laughs> it's the worst look. I don't understand it. Tracksuits. I know. It, <laughs> tracksuits. Mismatched tracksuits. <laughs> I'm not sure if it would be better if they were matching. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather be jumped with somebody that had a bit of fashion sense or was at least yeah. going to use my stolen money to buy nice trainers. <laughs> 
not get ever, the trainers that have been thrown up a telephone pole. You ever you ever watch the uh, you ever watch the show? I think it was called Spaced. Yes, I okay. Like that. So, so the 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 rave dude with wears the tracksuit all the time, and you can't understand what the fuck he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> Probably like a chaff that just grew up and never stopped being a chaff. Yeah, right. That's that's what all British speak reminds me of. It's like it's kind of like out here we have a uh, oh I don't know like the Cajun. Uh, I can't think of what it's called right now, but it's like uh, it's it's just you can't understand what the hell they're saying, and that's kind of like Brit, you know. British to me, I don't know. And, and you are you are British, right? You're not. Is it, is there a difference between like English and British? Yeah, is that-, that is. But I I get confused as well. It's something to do with like Scotland, Ireland, Wales. Okay, so you're from there, and you don't Great. even know the difference. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I mean I bar- I barely speak coherently most of the time. <laughs> That's got to be the. Beer. I know who the Queen is. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Yeah, know where she lives. Yeah, and you you got you got Boris on speed dial, right? Yep, yep, yep. Found his number on the internet. Got that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, Curly, let's get into tonight's drink. This one's a super simple one, and it's taken directly from tonight's movie. And anybody who knows the movie may or may not recognize this or may or may not know what tonight's movie is without even you know having to be told just based off of this drink do you know what it is maybe you know what it is without me even saying let's see that do you know what it is what's tonight's drink carly you don't know you don't know okay well he only he only has one drink in the movie right that he and it's it's blanton's single barrel bourbon oh all right. And that's tonight's drink. That's pretty simple. It's a particular brand of bourbon that he's given when he checks into his uh, hotel uh, after getting beat up. And uh, it is a bottle of Blanton's single barrel with um, uh, bourbon. Now, with tonight's drink, you can drink it one of uh, several different ways. All right. Uh, probably the most snooty of ways. Uh, would be just drink it straight, all right? So you can experience the flavor of the of the of the bourbon. Um, another way is to open it up a little bit with it being on the rocks, which would introduce uh, a cold chill as well as um, potentially water it down a little bit uh, from the melting ice. <clears throat> and the third way would be uh, cutting it with water. So if uh, bourbon is a little bit too strong for you. Um, then you can cut it with some water to uh, uh, to, um, dilute it a little bit. Um, And another way, if you want it a little more poppier, you can add it with some uh, club soda. Um, Usually that would, you know, be a flavorless uh, soda just to give it a little bit of fizz and add a little bit of water to it. Um, And if you want to add some sweetness to it, you could um, cut it with some ginger ale, Um, which I personally... um, would either drink it straight on the rocks or I would drink it with uh, ginger ale. Um, that way you can either, you know, you can have the flavor of the bourbon as well as a little bit of sweetness. And um, I don't typically just drink straight anything, um, especially without rocks. But um, that's that's typically how I would how I would drink it. Now, Carly, you don't really drink uh 
anything other than gin. Is that right? Beer and gin? Did you ever double into bourbon or? No, I had Bailey's the other day. Oh, okay. Well, that's like candy. (laughs) Well, it's not like that. It's like an ice cream. Okay. So would you, would you make with the Bailey's? Uh, Bailey's and ice. Just Bailey's and ice? Okay. Well, that's fine. All right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would add Bailey's to coffee. Um, or oh, you can see, make that's the- a dangerous game. I'd be going to work pisses and not. Oh, anyone else drink coffee? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, any sort of like Irish cream or uh, Bailey's, you know, and I'd, I'd put that in coffee. I think it's great. Um, but so you don't like nothing else. Like you know, you don't even try any sort of bourbon or whiskey or anything like that. Well, Street has it. He has his old decanters, but he has really posh stuff. So. If he tries to force a glass on me, mm-hmm. it's usually just to shut me up because I've got toothache or something. Oh, okay. So you don't really enjoy it, though? No, not massively. Mm. Okay. Is it just too strong for you or is it just the taste or you know, you don't really like the oaky kind of, you like the more cleaner sort of uh, vodkas and gins, that kind of thing? I like rum. Rum. Okay. So you're on the sweet, you like the sweet spectrum. Is that what it is? Yeah, I like I like rum and brandy, but whiskey is just a bit too harsh okay. for me. So you go for brandy. Brandy's good too. All right. And I like brandy. All right. Okay. Yeah, I I, I like brandy. I don't I don't really like just straight whiskey, but I do like uh, bourbon. I think bourbon's a little bit lighter than whiskey. And there's this huge debate that bourbon is the same thing as whiskey, but it's really not. There's some very specific rules for it to be a bourbon. And in my opinion, whatever that does it makes it a bit of a lighter um drink than than a whiskey is like a whiskey to me is like tastes stronger which i don't really care for um and then scotch to me is uh you know even lighter than bourbon in my opinion um and i can i i typically can drink scotch straight but i don't really do that with bourbon or anything else so folks at home uh if you want to get into tonight's movie you should probably watch it with a, uh, a glass of Blanton's single barrel bourbon to really get into the mood and get into character. All right, so grab a glass, grab some ice and your bottle of Blanton's single barrel bourbon and check out tonight's trailer. for the car. She's not for sale. You have good day, sir. Daisy. I lost everything. That dog was a final gift from my dying wife. Jonathan. You got out once. 
You dip so much as a pinky back into this pond, you may find something reaching out to pull you back in. It's personal. Where'd you get that car? What does it matter? It's not what you did, son. It's who you did it to. Nobody? But nobody. It's John Wick. You working again? No, I'm just sorting some stuff out. Task your crew. How many? As many as you have. I thought I'd let myself in. People keep asking if I'm back. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. I'm not afraid of John Wick. Uh huh. It's your laundry. No one's that good. I thought not. trailer for the 2014 film John Wick which is an American neo-noir action thriller directed by well it's actually directed by two people but due to some directors guild regulations they forced one of the directors names to be relegated to producer only Um, that's mean yeah, right. Yeah, it's it's a little strange, but it's it's technically it's directed by oh, I'm going to screw this up, but Chad Stahelski, Stahelski, oh, something God. like that. Yeah, and David Leach, 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 Lich, David Lich. Let's go, with, not Lynch, Leach. <laughs> okay. Oh, so, Right. So these um, well, we'll get into that later. But uh, so it's it's technically directed by those two, um, but it's only credited under Stolsky. <laughs> Chad, <laughs> Chad S, <laughs> um, which was his directorial debut. <clears throat> it was written by Derek Colstead um, and it stars, uh, well, the now infamous Keanu Reeves. Um, <laughs> Michael Nygvist, Yay, Alfie Allen, <laughs> Adrian, Adrian, Adrian. <laughs> oh my God. But, you know, we really need to turn this hill. You need to start introducing the movies. Maybe I need to start doing nutshells. <laughs> <laughs> it's crap. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. <laughs> A- Adrian, Adrian. Palicki, 
Oh God, I don't even know what you're trying to say. I don't even know who you're trying to tell me is in the film. Bridget Moynihan. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to butcher these. Moyen, Moyn, Moynihan, Moynihan. Let's go with that. Bridget Moynihan. Uh, Dean Winters. Okay, now we know him. He's Mayhem in the uh, Allstate commercials, which I don't know if you guys have that out there. but I mean, no, I don't know okay. him. What are you talking about? Well, look him up. Dean Winters. Go ahead and look him up. You might, you might be familiar oh. with this face. Uh, Ian McShane, which is uh, everybody Ian. should know him. Oh, Ian McShane. Ian. Ian. Oh, come on. Ian. <laughs> Ian. <laughs> Ian McShane, spelled with an I, which would be Ian. <laughs> Not E-A-N, which would be Ian. Oh, now you can pronounce it, can't you? Now you can read the words. <laughs> Ian McShane, uh, which uh, is from Deadwood and many other things, and he's always great to watch. And uh, John Leguizamo, which I, I, I really like John Leguizamo a lot. I wish he would show up more. Um, I do. I wish he'd do a film. I wish we could do a film with him. That would be so fun, yeah. Um, and then uh, Willem Dafoe, which regularly gets uh mispronunciated as william um so i'm surprised i got willem right um <clears throat> who also uh starred in or co-starred in the last uh last week's film nightmare alley um and this is the first film in the john wick franchise which as we all know by now uh has had three film releases and a fourth one on the way uh before we get any further on that though we need uh carly to uh, explain to us what this movie is about with her in a nutshell synopsis and now it's time for carly's super famous in a nutshell synopsis are you ready always ready never ready because yeah. i never remember to do this part but i did today so i'm you did ready today because you were excited I am. A man slaughters a small town's worth of people in revenge for killing a dog he's had for two minutes, and we are absolutely okay with it. Literally, he probably had it for maybe two hours, but it's pretty yeah. spot on. But I, I did have a backup, which was don't touch Keanu Reeves' stuff, otherwise shit happens. <laughs> right? <laughs> so there's two. There's two there for you, really. Right, yeah. Don't touch the car. Don't touch the dog. <laughs> don't touch your stuff. Don't make eye contact. Don't make eye contact with the car or the dog. Or yeah, he think he's back. <laughs> yeah, he's back. <laughs> People keep asking me this, but yeah, I'm kind of thinking I'm back. <laughs> I'm gonna kill them all. <laughs> that was really the best he part does. of the movie, right there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this movie. At the time that it came out, 2014, I think we already had maybe like uh, 10 different uh, uh, Liam Neeson movies that were in the same vein, right? Yeah. Um, and well, no, everybody, I mean, you know, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say they're, they're any worse or any better. They're, they're right on par. I think they're pretty, they're pretty similar. Um you know, and I, I think that they they all did pretty well at the box office and people like these sort of like this is like a, the re the revamp of the 80s Macho Man movies. Right. Uh, you know, it's like back then everybody 
was, you know, trying to be a, a, a badass, like, you know, stoic strong guy. And now everybody wants to be the stoic strong assassin or something. I don't know what it is, but um, everybody's putting that sort of James Bond spin on it nowadays instead of the Arnold Schwarzenegger spin. Right. <laughs> hmm. um, and, you know, so we get we get a movie that you could claim has little substance and uh, solely relies on action, um, which, you know, can be fun. However, with this movie, they did an excellent job of introducing emotion. I wouldn't say substance because it's pretty cliche as far as like the setup, but, yeah. but the screenwriting and, and, and I got to give it to Keanu Reeves's credit because I don't find him to be a great actor. He, he, he seems to be a great human being. Um, and I think that he has a penchant for for playing great roles and finding great movies. But I don't I don't look at him like he's a great actor. I feel like he has a he's he's not great with line deliveries and things like that. Um, but occasionally he shines. And I think when we are watching this film and we find out he has these like flashes of his wife passing away and first surprising thing is she passes away of natural not natural causes but she passes away from a disease cancer um so that was like a first sort of like twist because usually it would be this type of movie she would have been murdered or you know taken out in some vicious fashion and that was going to be the revenge story but it sort of turned it on its head for a moment and like oh his wife passed away from cancer um and as a parting sort of gift because she knows this person and he's going to have a tough time moving on. She does the most sweetest sentimental thing possible that you could do after the fact and sends him a gift and the gift arrives. He signs for it, brings it into the house and it's, it's a puppy in a cage and a little travel cage and a, and a note. And he opens the note. And I really think that this is one of those there's two scenes in this movie where I think his, he, he shines as an actor besides the physicality of it, because there's a lot of physicality and he does a fantastic job with that too. Cause the dude's like, what is he like 50 now? Um, yeah. you know, he's, he's getting up there and it's, it's not easy. Even, even if you're in shape to do the kind of shit that he does in this movie, you know? And, and I think, um, getting off the subject for a second, um, there, there's, a, there's something I think he, does on purpose throughout the movie to sort of show how agile he is. Most people, when they get up from half of these things that he goes through needs to use a fucking knee, <laughs> right? There's not a moment in this movie where he uses his knee to get off the ground. He always, he, he gets that leg up and plants his foot down every fucking time. Um, which which uh, is at, at his age and the beatings that he takes is, is not going to be an easy task as it is. Obviously it's a movie, but I mean, that's like, that's one of those things where I think it really helped um, the audience, even though it's like, you know, subconsciously it gives you that feeling that this, this guy is extremely agile and, and can do the things that he does in this movie, um, which never feels uh, comic book 
No, it's it never crazy. feels like this is ridiculous. He can't kill a room full of people. It's like, oh my God, he's going to kill a room full of people. How? Exactly. It's it's quite amazing. I, I also how... think it's strange that you're looking at his knees, by the way, just so we know. I okay, couldn't so help it. Like... I get, <laughs> right. For the crap that I get for looking at Guy Pierce's eyes, okay. Oh you've my been gosh. staring at Keanu Reeves' knees. Okay. Yeah, I'm just I'm telling you, so, there is a strange so, thing. I'm just looking at it from a filmmaker standpoint. Like Guy Pierce's oh, yeah, eyes right. aren't gonna fucking do anything. But nice kneecaps. But for mm. but for an actor to be able to pull something off to give it that kind of finesse. I, I think it was I think that that's a subtlety that I feel is just kind of brilliant in the same in the same fashion as Lance Henriksen playing Bishop like if you watch him he even inverts his feet in a childlike manner to give his character a more uh you know childlike sort of like feel and mannerism and that's kind of like what I feel like Keanu Reeves has kind of done here he's he, he's done this very, very subtle thing that you're probably not ever going to notice that allows you to kind of wrap your head around how agile uh, this guy is and how capable he is of doing these things because they don't ever really show that other than um, progressing through the story. Like there's no, there's no, um, there's no flashbacks or backstories of him being no, in his I like badassery. That. Nice, I right? like that. Yeah, it, it's it's all done in real time with the exception of some, uh, you know, Bigfoot story lore kind of talk, you know, between certain people to say, hey, you don't know you fucked with. Let me tell you about the boogeyman. Right. Um, which is all fine and dandy. That's just macho bravado bullshit. But what really sells it is when he comes into the picture and so effortlessly dispatches henchman after henchman you know in Everyone. such a way yeah and it's like it's it's so smooth and they they really they really took that sort of jiu-jitsu and what do they call it gun uh gun foo <laughs> which is hilarious uh you know to to a certain level where they made it they made it so smooth now granted um you know i i didn't I didn't do jujitsu for a long period of time, but for a short period of time, uh, me and my wife were, were in jujitsu, um, and a shout out to leaf who was our, Oh, our, our, um, what do you call it? Coach since I can't remember what you call it now. Oh my gosh. I'm terrible. Um, anyway, I mean, he's um, not going to be impressed that you don't remember what he no, was. He's not, he's not, <laughs> um, but you could tell on certain things that they did like, that person's arm would be broke or that he could have easily broken that person's neck kind of thing because of the, the move that he did. But you see him roll off and then they continue the fight and you could tell it's done for choreographic reasons to continue the fight scene as to where if he actually had a person in that sort of hold, he probably would have in real life snapped their neck or snapped their arm or, you know, leg or whatever it might've been. Um, but the way they choreographed it was so smooth to continue the fight scene. And it seemed like it, it was so well executed. Um, it would just seem so effortless. Um, but anyway, I wanted to go back to, uh, this emotional moment where he receives the puppy and the letter because, uh, they did such an amazing job of flipping that sort of idea of 
um, I'm going to seek revenge for the death of my wife kind of thing. And they, you know, what they did is they, they gave him, they, they put him in a position where he's lost the most important person. And that important person gave him something to continue to hold on to. Right. They made it extremely sentimental. And then, then that object, that, that puppy is, is killed. And it's like he has to experience the death of his wife all over again, but this time involuntarily, like, or not involuntarily, but uh, due to murder, not because of a disease or something like that. So that triggers that revenge story. So I thought it was really mm-hmm. cool how they sort of flipped it on its head in a way. It's really the same story, but they changed it just enough to where it's like, God, that was such an endearing, like sentimental, like moment. And Keanu Reeves really sells it that you're on board. Like you are. We want to go and kick everyone's heads in. Yeah. Like it's moments later that that fucking happens. And like, you are on board. Like you, after experiencing that letter and the gift and all that, and those few little intimate moments with him and the puppy and and, the dog trying to get back to him, the dog trying to crawl back to him. Oh, I know. And you know, it doesn't, that's the brilliance of, of, of the filmmakers is they didn't even show that because that would have been heart wrenching, right? Already. But the Uh fact that you see the blood trail and then the dog laying next to him, like that's one of those show not, tell kind of things where they didn't have to show the dog doing it, but they showed it in a very, a very cool and heartbreaking way without it being like grotesque and like over the top. And that was just, that just was really great and for being the fir- a first time directors. I mean, they really, really nailed it. And I don't know, maybe they, maybe they shot it with the dog trying to crawl back to him. You know, and then decided in editing. I have no idea, but that was really fantastic the way that they did that. Um, so I was impressed. I was impressed with with uh, with the directing of this film, um, as well as again, like I said, like most of Keanu Reeves' lines in this movie are are delivered on par with everything else that he does, which I don't think is fantastic. Um, but the dude is. You know, he's an enigmatic. He's, he's fun to watch. He's charismatic. He's, he's, you know, he, he, he has the agility and the stealth to, to pull off this character. Um, even if you, you know, sort of suspend your disbelief, he's a scrawny dude, you know, but he's got the moves and he really like, he really shines in this film, you know, and, and us as the audience, being able to experience the sentimentality that they set up in the script, uh, he was able to sell that portion of it and sell the action scenes. Uh, it was pretty damn, it was pretty damn good as far as that goes. I really like all the behind the scenes bits as well. You know, like the continental and then the doctor and then how they have like the special cars. So oh, yeah. cool, all the, man. All the little added bells and whistles of that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah like yeah. the whole, like the whole like world. Mm hmm. Yeah, really they like definitely that. sort of like built that kind of that world around him. Like, and it's it's very interesting mm. too because it's like when you open where his world takes place. Obviously, um, he's affluent. He's got money, right? He lives in this amazing house made of glass, which I think is a pretty good metaphor. Um, mm-hmm. Because as tough as he is, he, you know, he is made of glass in in a way. Um, 
but he's kicked and, off about a dog, Annie Royley. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like uh, it, that. That's again just feeds into the the directing and the and the script writing um, of this movie. And uh, yeah, they they world build very well here. Um, you know, I, I I've shot a, a Russian Armenian mafia film, so I like that's my one and done. I'll never step back into that because I found it obnoxious. Like that whole tough guy vibrato kind of a gangster thing. I just, uh, to me, it's like really fucking pathetic and I, I can't stand it. And after shooting one of those films, like it's just, I don't know. I just, it's not my thing and I just don't care for it. Um, and then this movie takes that. And again, it's one of those things where they, they exploit that sort of cliche. Um, and at the same time, kind of turn it on its head because obviously in like all those other films uh where the son does something wrong whether it's you know i don't know i can't even think of the, uh goodfellas or uh uh whatever any of those fucking scorsese you know all of them are that that kind of way the same sort of like uh tough guy gangster uh family uh bullshit you know even the movie I did betrayal. It's the same fucking thing. It's like, it, it's, uh, I can't stand it. <laughs> I yeah. hate that movie I did. God, God. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I mean, you know, to spend like months writing about something that you really don't even know about, but you're being fed by somebody, you know, what they want and fleshing it out and then having to shoot it and be introduced. Like, you know, to all these people that are in that sort of gangster world who aren't really actors you know, that really are those people. Not only is it fucking scary as hell because, you know, it just is, but, you know, to and then go through and, and, and shoot it. It's just like, it's just not my thing. And I think it's ugh. anyway. So every time I see it in movies, I'm like, yeah, I'm not interested in that, but there wasn't a lot of that in this film. And when they did utilize it, they, they sort of turned it on its head. They made the father, you know, give up his son, you know, after a bit and things like that, which was like, okay, cool. Um, this guy's even more worthless than we thought he was, <laughs> more, uh, you know, and, and just things like that. So it, 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 it was sort of a fresh take on an old story in many, many different ways. And I think that's why this film is like kind of a, a standout and was so popular. And, and, and obviously people, you know, the memes and everything about, you know, the dog and, and things like that. But I mean, really it's like, it wasn't even really the dog. It's just, it was the scene of him getting the dog and the letter that really like solidifies that, you know, if the movie started out with him with the dog and the dog gets murdered and you don't know anything about the wife or any of that stuff, it would not have the same effect. It, it would be, I no. think it would totally be a joke, you know, but they did that in such a way where I think it really worked. <clears throat> so, um, this movie, it opened to 2,589 theaters on opening weekend. Um, it was only expected to do seven to $8 million. Okay. And I don't know why I think it was kind of because, um, it was pretty far removed from the matrix. And I don't think Keanu Reeves had done a whole lot since the matrix that I recall. I mean, he's um, done a lot, but I think they're a bit hit and missy. Nothing yeah. Really. I, I, I think mean, he got into like rom-coms and you yeah. know, like a few drama things or whatever it was, but, um, uh, but it wasn't expected to do well. I think it would, they, they were kind of 
looking at it in sort of the same vein as like maybe Johnny Mnemonic, which didn't do well. Um, and then the last two Matrix were sort of like panned, even though they did well at the box office, they weren't well received. Um, but whatever the situation was, it surprised everybody and did twice that. It did 14.4 million on opening weekend. And by the end of the theatrical run, it grossed 43 million um, in North America and 45.7 million uh, world uh, in other and ter- other territories. Um, and worldwide, it grossed 88.8 million, which is amazing. It only had Yikes. a 20. Yeah, it only had about a $20 million budget. So it literally could have financed the next six movies, <laughs> right? Just off the one. They could have financed the next six six movies and been totally fine. Any one of them could have been a flop and they'd have been just fine, right? Um, so it did extremely well at the box office. It did well with critics and fans. Um, and you know, like we said earlier, it's, it's spawned two sequels and a fourth one, uh, coming, uh, or a third sequel, I guess, fourth film, uh, coming out in, uh, I believe 2023. Um, Carly, did you, uh, did you know what the movie was originally supposed to be called? No. Oh, so it originally was not called John Wick. The original title of the script was called Scorned. Oh, that does sound cheap. Yeah. Now, the only reason why it became John Wick is because Keanu Reeves kept telling he's people a he's in a movie. He's he's doing this movie called John Wick. I guess he <laughs> got attached to the name of the character so much that he was just telling people he's doing this movie called John Wick instead of calling it Scorned. And eventually they just changed the name to John Wick because that's what he kept saying. <laughs> I'm assuming <laughs> in publicity and interviews and things like that, right? So Just roll to, with it, guys, because he's going to keep saying the same thing. <laughs> right? <laughs> and I'm assuming like to, to mitigate any sort of confusion that they're just like, well, okay, we'll just call it John Wick. <laughs> Which I think is great because that's, that's who it's about. Right. And especially if it's yeah. going to be a franchise. I mean, what would you going to be? Scorned two, scorned, scorned three, one. scorned <laughs> four. This time it's personal. Right. <laughs> scorned five in space. <laughs> um, <laughs> so scorned I think that was a, too furious. <laughs> <laughs> Co-starring the rock. <laughs> yeah. Um, another really cool thing, which, um, I found out was, uh, the character of John Wick was actually meant to be a man in his sixties. Oh, yeah. And what they ended up deciding to do, and I'm pretty certain it, it had to do with studio and wanting somebody, um, that was younger to attract a a wider audience. Because for whatever reason, uh, younger people do not want to go see movies with older people, which, you know, really is a shame. But um, I'm assuming that they the talks started to change it to somebody that was younger uh, in order to draw a bigger audience. However, it's reported that um, they did this uh, in sort of a a creative capacity because they wanted to look for an actor that was a seasoned assassin 
um, career wise and not necessarily age wise. Um, so they looked at it from that side of things, which I think they did a pretty good, a pretty good job portraying that in the film. It didn't necessarily have to be somebody that was older, like, you know, Michael Caine running around killing people or something. Um, but, uh, that would be a cool movie too, which I think we've already gotten a couple of those, but, um, uh, you know, if, if they're looking at it from that perspective and the way they set it, the character in the movie, I thought it worked out pretty well, but I thought that was interesting. It was originally supposed to be a, a man in his sixties. <clears throat> William Defoe. <laughs> I, was I was thinking Lance Henriksen myself, but uh, you know. I'm oh my god, biased. that would be awesome. He yeah. would he'd be like talking to somebody at a bar and then all of a sudden the person's face just fell into the table because he'd like stabbed them in the neck or something like that with like a little something that came out of a cocktail and then he'd just casually like walk away. <laughs> you know, Lance did this amazing short film that is very John Wick. Um, I think it was about 10 years ago or so. So he, Lance was in his probably, probably seventies when he did it and it's badass. Like he, he is, I mean, think of, think of him playing John Wick. It's basically what it is, but it was a short film that was a, um, meant to be like a pitch for, for a bigger movie. Right. Um, and it's pretty fucking cool. I mean, he's kicking down doors and beating the shit out of people and doing the whole bit, man. It was, it was pretty cool. So I could totally see him playing like John Wick. Um, but, uh, yeah, if I can find that, I'll send that to you. <clears throat> oh my God, please say. <laughs> um, so I don't I, I don't have a whole lot to to talk about when it comes to this movie other than you know what I've already discussed just because it's 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 a simple film. It's not complicated, you know. Um so I don't have a whole lot to go into, but if there's anything that you know really piques your interest into it, like I'm curious like why you really why you really enjoy this film other than the obvious, you know what I mean? Like this doesn't because it's because it's so silly. It's not silly. I'm not saying when I say silly, that sounds like disrespectful. I don't mean it like that. I mean because it is so silly. You can just jump into it at any point and be like, oh, awesome. John Wick's gonna kick someone's face in. And yeah. I just and I really like the world behind it because that's so complicated, but the film is so silly. Music mm-hmm. is brilliant. Honestly, I mean, I, that's the same way I feel about all those style of films, you know, whether it's like Taken or whatever. Um, like, it's the same, it's the same kind of thing. Like, it's a, it's a solid action movie. Um, oh, and do you know what I really appreciate with it is that there isn't a whiny daughter that needs to be saved. <laughs> There's no whiny family that needs to be saved. That's it true. It's just that- pure bloodthirst revenge because I can't stand them. I think the Liam Neeson films drive me insane because I can't be doing with it. Oh, I'll find my daughter. And then she goes off and she's trying to outfox these bloody people that have kidnapped her. I can't be doing with that. It's like Kim Bauer in 24. Shoot her. Just get, just get rid of her. She's whiny. She's causing more aggro. Just bin her off. Save the wife. <laughs> You have a great point with that. It, it was kind of it was kind of refreshing that there there was no there was nobody to save except for himself. No, I guess which no, doesn't and he, happen. And he don't give a shit. Yeah, he doesn't right. give a shit. He's like, come at me, stab me. I don't care. I am my own stab fest in your face. <laughs> yeah, I guess that that is sort of that Charles Bronson kind of uh, aspect to it, which is which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, I did enjoy the uh, the Willem Dafoe uh, sort of character kind of art. Because you're thinking you're thinking he's going to go after him. And then and then you realize and then when he's sniping him, you realize that's a warning shot. He's helping him. He's like, hey, wake up. Somebody's in the room. (laughs) Right. And you don't realize that right away. Until the next time, it's just like that was so well done. It's it was such a great idea, very very well executed. I actually hated to see him die in this film. I was hoping, oh yeah, that wouldn't happen. Yeah, especially but, uh, that bloody horrible woman, can't remember her name. Yeah, that one that tries to take him down in the hotel room. What are you doing, love? You're not allowed to fight in the Continental. Back off. <laughs> yeah. But uh, can you I, imagine? Yeah. I, I you can imagine what I yell at the TV when this is on. Street just gets up and goes in the other room now. If John Wick's on, and Lily goes, oh for God's sake, she'll go out the room when when the dog gets killed, and then come back in for revenge. And I'm just yelling at the TV just the entire time. Kick him in the face, you stupid cow! You're not meant to be doing that. <laughs> oh, okay, wait, get him. All right, I think you need to commit to this idea. I'm about to throw out an idea for you. Okay. <laughs> And, and, I'm not and filming I want, myself yelling at I the want, TV. I want you to commit to it before I pitch it to you. Okay, <laughs> just say yes. Yes, you're going to do it. This this is going to be the next episode that we air. Okay, you ready? You ready for this? Say I'm yes. Say yes. Say yes. I'm just going to mute you. Say yes. Say yes. Tell me, and I'll consider. No, 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 no. You have to. You have to just trust me, and say yes. It's never going to happen. <laughs> Maybe. You have to at least audio record yourself watching J- John Wick 2. Okay. Because I want to hear this and everybody at home wants to hear it. All right. We want to hear this. So if you won't video record, you got to at least audio record it. And that will be an entire episode. Of Carly screaming at me the TV. Me just yelling. Yes, this needs to happen. Me just screaming. It needs to happen. Get him, because I, I yell at him like obviously he's my best friend. I, I, right. I'm first name terms with John Wick. I'm sure, I'm like, I'm sure he face, feels John. the same. He's like, I, Carly, what would you do? What should I do, Carly? Put his finger off, John. That's what you do. <laughs> Take a finger. Yeah. I, I got to say, I got to say, there, there's like, that brilliant moment where John Leguizamo's character calls Vigo and he's like, uh, you know, your son showed up here, blah, 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 whatever. And he's like, whose car was, was it? And he's like, John Wicks. And he's like, Oh, wow. <laughs> right. <laughs> was so, that was so good because you're, that's, that's another way that they just sort of flip the genre on its head. Right. Cause you're, he's got his head in his fucking hands going, we're all going to die. He's going to burn right. his life. Exactly. It's <laughs> like, it was like this sort of like deflated, like, Oh, like of all people. Oh no. <laughs> and he's like a massive crime boss. And he's like, there's no, there's just not enough people. There's just none of people. Just <laughs> right. not this one, man. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was so great. So, all right, Carly, I think we're I think we're at that time now. Um, I'm going to save my rating. I want you to give your rating because I already know your rating. Everybody's going to know your rating, right? Okay. All right. Yeah. What you got? What you got? And tell us why. I mean, obviously, ten out of ten. Hmm. It's obvious. Why? Why, Carly? Tell us why. Just because John Wick is amazing. 
He's amazing. It's amazing. Everything about it amazing. And I hate Alfie Allen as well, but I don't hate him. I just hate him, hate him every time he's on the screen in John Wick because he stole his car and killed his dog. I don't, you know, I don't like him in anything I've seen him in. He always plays. I think that's because of John Wick, though, you see. I think because he was in John Wick and he's the guy that killed the dog and stole the car, I think that he could, like, he could, I don't know, he could do a film where he's, like, saving fucking orphan, orphans and we'd be like, no, you killed the dog, fuck off, not watching it. Yeah, but no, I, I, I dislike him more from Game of Thrones than any like i i couldn't stand him but then of course they turn his character around and make him different but i i don't know i just i don't i don't really care for him in any not that he's a bad actor or anything but i i guess they always just cast him with these disgusting roles yeah makes me, makes me just dislike him plus i only you know i watched it i originally wa- uh, watched it because of ian mcshane because i really like love joy oh okay ian mcshane yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> I will tweet him to get proper <laughs> pronunciation. I'll do it. <laughs> All right. Well. Yeah. So it's everything. Everything is fabulous. <laughs> everything is fabulous. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I, I would give it, I'm going to give it a nine. Jen. Oh, see, I, that's, I'm impressed because I thought you were just going to rate it like a seven just because. No, and you know, the first time that I saw it, I wasn't very impressed with it. But I was going in just after, you know, all the Taken movies and things like that. Like, I don't know, maybe it was like a little bit of a burnout or whatever it might have been. I don't know. Or maybe even my my lack of uh, care of Keanu Reeves' acting ability, um, whatever it might be. And again, like I said, like I don't dislike Keanu Reeves. Um, I just don't think he's the greatest actor in the world, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But he picks some great roles. He picks some great movies to be in. And he definitely has uh, the 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 charm, right? Like uh-huh. he's he's interesting to watch and and play these even even if it's like something really bad like uh what was that knock knock or uh that oh, Eli Roth movie? That weird Eli, yeah, Eli, that Eli, weird Eli little Christmas. horror. Mm. Even even something like that, or he did that awesome like neon really... D- was he was in the neon demon? Did you ever watch that? Good lord, what was that about? Yeah, I didn't really care for that movie either. Um, I didn't know what was going on. There's this really cool like sci-fi movie that he did a few years ago uh, about like um, transferring consciousness or something. I can't really remember exactly. Oh, uh, was, was that with his family where he kept his yeah. family alive? Yeah, and yeah. Then I thought that was cool. Like that. Yeah. So, I mean, he picks some really cool, interesting roles, but he's just not like his line deliveries take me out of it sometimes. Um, but you know what? I can forgive that. You know what I mean? I'm not saying if you were trapped on a bomb, if you were trapped on a bloody bus with a bomb, right? And you couldn't go below <laughs> 50 miles an hour and you were bloody Whoa. running out of petrol. Yeah. You would, you would, you know, take a pause. Uh huh. Yep. <laughs> Or if I was skydiving, chasing bank robbers or, you know, glitched out in the matrix or whatever. Exactly. Or if I had computer chips in my brain and Johnny Mnemonic. I mean, come on. He's he's building like a fucking catalog of, of crazy films. Right? (laughs) Who doesn't take a pause? Or if you realize that you suddenly worked for the devil. I mean, who doesn't take a (laughs) pause? If we're being honest. (laughs) Right. (laughs) 
So, so he picked some amazing movies and I got to give him credit for that. Like, and, and John Wick is, is one of those as well. It's, it was, it's one of those films that it, it shouldn't be as good as it is. It really has no business being as good as it is, but it is. They, they hit the right moments. They hit the right beats. And that starts with the script and it carried over into the directing um, and the acting. Like they surrounded him with good actors. They made him look good. Uh, he pulls it off in the, uh, in the action sense, uh, even at his age. And it's like, it, it's a solid film and I give it a nine just because it's a tired genre. That's really the only reason why I don't think that they had any missteps in the movie. Um, it's, it's almost a, a perfect film for a genre. Um, the only reason is like some of his line deliveries and it's a bit of a tired genre. That's the only reason why I got nine instead of 10. Um, other than that, I had a blast watching it this time. Um, I enjoyed it much, much more than I did the first time I watched it. And I'm actually excited to go back and watch part two and three at this point, which I can't imagine it's going to have the same emotional impact. I, 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 I've never seen part two and I've never seen part three. But I can't imagine it will have that same emotional impact with with the wife and the dog and all that. Like, where where are they going to go? <laughs> I'm sure you've seen them, but I haven't, so don't tell me. But you know, maybe we'll have to revisit those on the show. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, there you go, guys. Uh, I hope you enjoy your uh, Blanton's uh, single barrel bourbon uh, and drink along when you uh, enjoy watching John Wick. And until next time, bye bye. He's looking at you, kid. Thanks for joining us this week on the Speakeasy Noircast. Make sure to visit our website, resurrectionfilms.net, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or any of your favorite podcast apps so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. If you like the show, you might want to check out our book, The Dark Side of Acting Up, and The Dark Side of Acting Up Volume 2, now available on Amazon. Or you can check out one of our films, also available on Amazon Prime. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Speakeasy Noircast.